This is the European edition of Breaking Banks, the world's number one fintech podcast and radio show. We bring you the European unicorns, startups, founders, regulators and leaders innovating the rapidly evolving fintech scene today. A truly localized podcast with both English and local language content with some of the world's most well-known hosts and influencers in the fintech sector globally. Join us every week as we explore what makes the European Union a phenomenal proving ground for many of the fastest-growing fintech plays in the world today. Okay, let's roll. Good morning. Uh, this is Breaking Banks Europe, and with uh, today we are covering the Web Summit uh, in Lisbon. Uh, the Web Summit is a gathering of you know, innovators and technology firms around the world uh, focusing on uh, you know, internet technologies. Uh, this time it was in Lisbon, and uh, one of the most interesting narratives that's coming along in the internet world is the metaverse. And, you know, it's, uh, and, and in Europe, there are very few startups that have kind of had a lot of traction in that space, and one of them is is Boson. Uh, so with me uh, today, I have the CEO of, of Boson, uh, Justin, Justin Bannon. Justin, please say hello to our uh, listeners. Hi, everyone. Uh, great to be here. And thanks, Ajit, for having me. Great. Thank you for joining us. So, uh, you know, there has been a lot of hype about this, uh, this metaverse thing. I mean, what exactly is it? And what are you guys doing with it? Well, I mean, there's a number of ways of viewing uh, the metaverse. Um, I mean, one is that it's the kind of e evolution of the interface with which we engage with the internet. Um, and, uh, you know, so whereas the current interface is, a, you know, whether it's desktop or mobile, is essentially, a, a, you know, a 2D flat uh, screen. Uh, the metaverse is this immersive, digital space uh, that that brings together some of the you know the best attributes of real life like you know 3d immersive um, and uh, together with some of the best attributes of digital such as social and the ability to kind of be the geography independent right right and and you you know you were at web summit and uh, what did you was there a lot of discussion of about <clears throat> three and the metaverse? At, at Web Summit this time? I mean, there's certainly, uh, the, the, there is a lot of discussion of Web3. Um, I think the kind of gateway drug, if you like, is the metaverse. Um, that, you know, I think with, with all of these technologies, um, there is either a use case or a, 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 a sort of um, an aspect that really engages the public, the public, and and definitely, well, it started with NFTs, and it's now evolved into the metaverse, and so that is very, very much, um, you know, the, the the kind of conversation, and obviously the recent announcements with announcements with Facebook, um, the kind of Web two, Web three discussion is is very active. Yeah. So, what exactly is web? You know, uh, give me a history from your perspective. What's the difference between web one, web two, and web three? Is web <clears> just <throat> a label for people to promote cryptocurrencies, or there is there something more going on there? Well, you know, my interpretation is web one was very much a kind of flat, static, informational, um, basically putting static information on web on, on web pages, and what web two brought was a number of things. 
One of them was social and interactive with user-generated user content, et cetera, rather than, than, than sort of you know, content generated by the website. But also Web2 brought a number of business models that were enabled by the technology. And one was the platform business model. Um, and a, the original concept of the platform business model was that you would have a digital facilitator that would bring together like consumers and producers, buyers and sellers that will co-create value. And you would create this kind of sharing economy. It was a, a highly efficient, more democratic model. Um, now, it didn't play out like that because instead of the platforms facilitating this new kind of more open business model, um, they found themselves in a position of very, very strong market power combined with lots of, you know, with a very, very strong imperative to, to kind of, if you like, abuse that market power to extract maximum profits. And so we've seen this huge problem with monopolistic behavior uh, with Web2, whether that's sort of Amazon, Facebook, et cetera. Um, and one aspect of Web3 is a, is a means to protect users against that. So you can think of it as moving from the kind of, um, you know, promises of, uh, you know, don't be evil, Google's, you know, previous uh, tagline to can't be evil. So with Web3 systems, we can build systems that are hard-coded to maintain the rules, and even the founders can't change them. To change those rules would re require a consensus of, of users and token holders. So, uh, so that brings us to you know, your journey, which is how did you fall into this metaverse uh, rabbit hole, and uh, what made you start Boson Protocol? Well, my, my journey is kind of both, both business and academic. I did a master's in digital very early, um, learned all the playbooks of network effects and platforms, used that to, you know, I was a, a sort of MD of a group of companies that were basically doing digital uh, analog vouchers, paper and plastic vouchers. And I used this whole kind of new digital paradigm to transform them into a, a, a global digital platform with about a billion dollars turnover. And so became kind of heading up this quite very successful and quite extractionary platform that didn't sit very easy with me. Um, and so I, you know, I, I was continuing to study a lot about business models. And then I came across this new paradigm of Web3, decentralized business models, this new toolkit for incentivizing with tokens. And just like so many of us went down that rabbit hole, ended up doing a master's. And I thought, okay, what happens if, what happens if we represent products and services uh, on a blockchain in a way that prevents capture by centralized entities and and you know could we create um, a network that is almost like the TCPIP for commerce transactions so so what what can I, what will i be able to do with boson protocol you know amazon started in 98 was it and then it was just a bookstore and you know a lot of us didn't see what it could become right so yeah. you are kind of at that early stage of your journey uh, I think it's what the first year or the second year. <clears throat> yeah. uh, so what can I do with Busan Protocol today? Okay. Well, let, let me just answer that question by saying, you know, the vision is that we will be like a clearing rails for all commerce transactions. Mm -hmm. Like a bit like Bitcoin aspires to be for monetary payments, for non-monetary transactions. We want to transfer product services that, that you do that on our network. But, you know, you mentioned Amazon with the books and I think that, 
that strategy of identifying a niche that you you know that a beachhead it's ready um, right now yeah is, is a very good strategy we picked at the beginning of the year we picked the metaverse um we had a quite a bit of help from jamie burke and outlier yeah. ventures jamie is such a metaverse um, champion yeah yeah uh, but we 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 were helped to see that early we saw that early and we started investing heavily in, in that in back in january and it's turned out to be quite quite a good bet um, so, you know, Amazon chose books for various reasons. Um, we have chosen the metaverse because our protocol uses NFTs encoded with game theory to enable a trustless transaction between buyer and, and seller. So for you to buy a physical item. And so what we're enabling right now is we're launching uh, tomorrow, actually, uh, Boson Portal, which is an application that leverages the underlying protocol Boson Portal is like a, 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 a shopping mall, a gamified shopping mall application in Decentraland. Um, and what it enables is brands to sell physical items in the metaverse as NFTs. So you can walk around, you, you, you can go into this mall, you can play some sort of a quest, it's all kind of gamified and experiential, but ultimately what you can do is you can go and buy a pair of sneakers as an NFT and redeem them in the real world. So it's okay. like a foundational primitive connecting metaverse to the universe. And right. uh, so, uh, so there has been, you know, so you saw Mark Zuckerberg's uh, yeah. intro to the metaverse. What are your thoughts on that? It was quite polarizing on social media. How do you see yeah, I mean, Mark's so, like, like I said, I, you know, I'm poacher turned gamekeeper in a lot of ways. I studied the platform playbook. I built a platform that was designed to be maximally profitable. Um, Facebook has an imperative to extract value for its shareholders. And that fundamental doesn't change no matter what clothes the wolf wears. The, the, you know, Facebook's imperative is to, is, is, is to extract value. And so, you know, I, I, I think it, there's a place for everyone in the metaverse, but I think the public, I mean, it's going to be harder and easier for Facebook to, to create like a digital prism and capture us in. Because on the one hand, you know, it's going to be harder because everybody knows their game now. Everybody knows about data hoarding, monetization, extraction, locking, yep. yeah. you know, locking people into a system and all of those web three yeah. yeah. uh, games. We all know that. But on the other hand, they control all the instruments to control public opinion, right? They right. control so, the politicians, they can, yeah. So, 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 so I mean, we are a fintech podcast, right? And uh, a lot of our audience may not necessarily be, yeah. I mean, they must be seeing the, if you're on social media, you can't go by without seeing metaverse and meta and all that, right? But if you're not so active on social, then, yeah. uh, then for our banking and fintech audience, what will banking and fintech look like in the metaverse? You know, because... Of course, I, I, I don't believe we'll just be on smartphones like we are today, clicking on apps like we do today. There must be something going on. So what should the uh, what should the fintech people think about when they think about the metaverse? So I think the metaverse is, I mean, I, I, use an analogy. With, with TVs, initially, all we could produce were black and white TVs. And then we got the technology to create color, which is more like real life. And nobody has a black and white TV. You just, it, of course, you'd have color. And this interface is very similar. At the moment, we've got the technology to enable 2D, 
but now emerging is the, the technology to enable 3D immersive. And we will know, I think in five years time, we will know sooner to using a flat surface than we would use black and white TV. So what does that mean for banking and finance? I mean, from a user experience point of view, I, you know, I, I, I think we will see once again, immersive experiences where you can go and sit down with your bank manager in, 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 in the metaverse or, or go and engage uh, with these organizations yeah. as perhaps we did once before. So I can, I can go around a, a bank in Decentraland and, and find my 24 words uh, that are in a locker or something and so on and so forth. I mean, I'm just getting a bit spooky. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> I mean, if you think about user experience layer of the metaverse, that is what we're talking about. But of course, the big, the much bigger factor for banks and fintechs is the fact that um, the open metaverse runs on crypto. The open metaverse runs on a set of technologies that enables massive financial innovation. So, you know, the, I, I expect that along with the metaverse will come a lot of competition for banks, for fintechs, a lot of innovation, and also a lot of opportunity. So we're, we're unlocked, you know, this is all built on a substrate that's designed to securely transfer value. So that, that, that's the difference, right? So I, I can have a much more immersive experience of, and it's not just the apps anymore. It could be involve VR, it could involve, you know, augmented reality, would have probably far better analytics. But I mean, what about the, the, the decentralized aspect of this, right? So, uh, you know, I, I work in DeFi for Aave and, and we are kind of one of the, you know, uh, most well-known protocols, DeFi protocols in the space. So, uh, so I'm just thinking, you know, let's say somebody is uh, navigating Decentraland or, or in the, in it's in the bus, they are in the Boson metaverse. Maybe they should, maybe they can interact with DeFi protocols like Aave and then experience a far richer, you know, uh, uh, experience in, 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 in an infrastructure people actually own, right? I mean, and Chris Dixon has been saying, uh, you know, Phase 16 he has been saying Web3 is about ownership. So uh, how? I mean, yeah. how would that work? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, an, an example is with Boson Protocol. So we are actually built on DeFi infrastructure. So when we say, you know, I mean, a very simple use case is you can go and purchase an item. Uh, and redeem it in the real world. But actually what you could do is you could you you could you could purchase like a an ERC20, an actual kind of token that represents this item. And that token could actually be trading on some sort of bonding curve with a floating value. So instead of these kind of static pricing paradigms that we have currently with websites with list of static prices, all of these items can essentially be flowing over DeFi, could be used for collateral, for loans, could be fractionalized, all using Boson Protocol collateral for loans, fractionized, you know, price discovery using things, you know, like bonding curves. So essentially, you know, you could, uh, one of the aspects of Boson Protocol is the ability to kind of like crowdfund a product. So let's say, let's say you have, uh, you know, a thousand products in your warehouse, you can go and sell them using Boson. But equally, if you are looking to build, let's say you and I have the idea to build a hoverboard, we could go and in advance sell the tokens for that product and raise the money to go and build that, that hoverboard, a bit, a bit like um, a decentralized kits, uh, Kickstarter. So the fact that, that protocols like um, Boson are built on DeFi 
gives them this kind of composability and financialization. So, you know, in answer to your question, I think you're going to find that this whole world is a inherently financialized because it's built on te decentralized technology that enables the, the transfer of value. So, you know, protocols like Aave, I know they've done some great stuff with things like Avagotchi and I, you know, expect gamified applications that are also, you know, where you can you, you can play to earn value and, and 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 value being an intrinsic component of this immersive space. So what's driving this, uh, you know, mega trend, if you will, towards immersive uh, gamified experiences? I mean, are we trying to escape the day-to-day -day reality of the physical world or are we, uh, you know, is there a whole new generation that grows up playing games and just yeah. in that way? Uh, what are the drivers? I think there's a convergence um, of, of, of drivers, almost like a perfect storm. Certainly there is a whole, you know, there's, We've been talking about VR and, you know, for, 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 for decades, really. And I think finally the technology is making it possible. And it's, yeah. Um, so that, that's one driver. I, I, you know, a whole generation of people brought up on games is another. Um, COVID is definitely another driver. Yeah. But I think, I think there's a massive driver from crypto, which is for the first time we have property rights in digital. And if you look at any economy, if you look at economy without, you know, if you're in the middle of, let's say, Africa or South America in a country where if you own property, it, it could just be seized by the government or local. It, you know, it, it shows that economic growth is typically pretty low. There's no point in investing in, in, and working to have assets. But if you're in an area where property rights are strong, then it makes sense, you know, and, and what we're seeing with the rise of, of crypto is both in terms of money and you know fungible and non-fungible assets, money and uh, and things that now we've got strong property rights. You can, you right. can own a flaming sword or a, a piece of art, and you, no one can take it away in these decentralized worlds. And that is what is dri driving the economic growth. I mean, how valuable can an item be in Facebook or Roblox if they complete it or you know you can never you know you can never wear it or take it out of that environment but when you have proper ownership then economic systems build and that's what that's i think the primary driver is 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 we're building this kind of economic system as well as this, as this immersive 3d world so and 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 quite a few systems are somewhere in between, right? When I look at OpenSea, sure it's got a, a crypto backend, but it's still a, a website owned by a company that takes, I think, two and a half percent of the cut on every NFT sale. I mean, it's it's kind of not web two. The, the front end is web two. The back end is web three. At some point, they might you know yeah. distribute the ownership of of Web3 more widely uh, or other, you know, participation and decision-making more widely through tokens to a very large community of buyers. They may do that, they may not do that, but it's it's, it's not a fully user-owned decentralized system. It's quite centralized. There is still a take rate, which is 2.5%, right? And there is a whole spectrum between right. let's say yeah. pure Web2 like Facebook and then, you know, pure Web3, let's say Bitcoin, right? I mean, where yeah. it's truly... Uh, decentralized and community-owned or Ethereum. So, 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 how do you see this evolving? Are we going to? Is this a pendulum? Uh, people will go back and forth between centralization and decentralization, or are we going to go towards a more decentralized, user-owned uh, system of platforms? Uh, I mean, what are you betting on? 
I, I, I think it's, it needs to be a mixture, um, but that the key is to have a balance and to not have domination by single monopolistic entity. Yeah, like nobody should have the power to you know, cause yeah. Brexit or the election of Trump or, or yeah. a domestic uh, unrest in some uh, you know, the, the yeah. country. Yeah. So, I mean, if you take, for example, you know, like what we're doing with Boson Protocol, this being the backbone for commercial transactions, that needs to be secured from, you know, kind of economic capture. And it, people need to know that they can build on that securely. However, there's also we need to, to, to have economic incentives for people to build applications. And in particular, right now, building bridges from Web 2 to Web 3 is the most important you know, once you've got the infrastructure in place, building the bridges from the old system to the new system is the next most important thing to do. And we're seeing a lot of that. I mean, we are we we have a number of uh, you know we, we've given grants to a number of organisations and 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 started a number of organisations that are doing exactly that because we're seeing such enormous demands from you know brands you know really major global brands and small that want to come and use the technology, want to come and, and you know, sell physical items in the metaverse as NFTs, but don't have the wherewithal to pick up a core protocol and integrate with it. And so enabling those on and off ramps is absolutely essential for usage. So I think provided that there's this kind of balance and, and, and that you know, the, the uh, profits that are made are driving innovation rather than you know, creating yeah, yeah. In fact, if yeah, if if you look at you know, uh, so Facebook obviously started as an innovator, and you know they are the poster child for Web two, if you will, apart from Google. Uh, but then they become very acquisitive, right? So Facebook in the recent years has acquired WhatsApp, has acquired Instagram, has acquired I mean hundreds of companies that are on Wikipedia, but we don't know about. So and now they also want to launch their own you know money. Yeah. Uh, or a stable coin, Novi, and that ha has had a massive reaction, especially in Europe, right? An unfavorable reaction in Europe about the, the power that one single corporate might have as a result. So this seems like, you know, Web3 movement in terms of more decentralization and user ownership seems like something, uh, you know, policy and regulators should encourage. But I'm not seeing a lot of that. I mean, uh, how do we, uh, especially financial regulators, right? Because as you said, there's, a, there's an aspect of, property ownership and money and and that gets a lot of you know policy institutions excited sometimes not in the right way uh, so uh, how do we you know go about educating uh, or rather sharing what we know and what we see and you know creating a a, a more uh, enlightened system of policy and regulation that supports you know global internet scale innovation uh, yeah. is, is, a, is a question because i'm not seeing a lot of that in the uk yeah, I mean, there's one path, which is education. I mean, the great thing about democracy is that public opinion can just replace the people that represent us with people that, you know, replace people with people that actually represent our views. So we, which is actually far easier than educating the current uh, cohort of people. I mean, and if you look at some of the kind of uh, congressional hearings and stuff, I mean, the, there is a very, very big gap to cover. I think it would be better for us, and, and there's a big movement in the US and also here in, in the UK, that, you know, we should galvanize public opinion to it, to, to let them know the, the to, to support people that get it. Yeah. Right. The opportunity economically, for example, for, you know, UK, US, 
to embrace this technology to do smart um you know to, to, to do smart and effective regulation but to enable this 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 next wave of innovation to flourish yeah. there is an yeah. enormous opportunity for those countries and so exactly you know and and, and i think you know the, the my perspective is to try and you know may, maybe educate the public encourage this paradigm shift in consumer behavior and then let the public do its thing which is vote for politicians that get it and that and and that, that and that can bring in kind of smart regulation of this technology right absolutely i i think that's a really 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 valuable perspective so have you seen any interest in what you're doing from the financial services the fintech industry uh, or it's or you're sort of still uh, yeah we do I'm, I'm about 5 days from an announcement so yes um my my background was building major sort of rewards and loyalty programs for ma major um payment uh, uh you know card uh, issue issuers and networks um and yes um one you i mean boson can be used for commerce transactions it can also be used for things like loyalty rewards programs like you know crypto native rewards programs and we've we've seen a huge amount of traction in that area um so much so that we've had to hire you know scale a whole new team yeah and and you are based in london the apparent fintech capital of the world so i would imagine uh, you know so, 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 so on, on that note how can our audience reach you how can they find out more about boson protocol about you know, you're doing and reach your team if they have questions oh, and they want to collaborate so through through you know through the website uh, bosonprotocol.io um follow us on twitter um at boson protocol on telegram at boson protocol we're doing a huge number of of of, of events um and also join us yeah uh, in decentraland at boson portal where you can come and buy hero items and also we're launching on friday a kind of gamified uh experience called the cube where you can kind of play games and get a chance to win boson tokens all as part of this immersive experience so i just encourage everyone to try the technology play and learn and enjoy amazing all right so i can't wait to use you know my revolut app and 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 my banking i i can't go to see my you know visit my bank in the metaverse and find my locker digital locker and you know uh, take out all of the digital assets from that you know nfts from that locker in my metro bank in the metaverse so on that happy note uh, there is uh, there is obviously a big opportunity for you know fintech to innovate in that space and thank you so much for joining us today justin uh, always a pleasure to speak to you and all the best for your upcoming launch and and all the great things you're building thank you so thank much you. it's been a pleasure yes, thank you. it's a pleasure right thanks for listening to breaking banks europe a provoke media podcast in cooperation with fintech stage don't forget to tweet us out, shout out, or post to the team at BreakingBanksEU on Twitter. If there's something or someone you'd like to hear on our cast, let us know. See you next week on Breaking Banks Europe.